At a time when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause and rewind. NPR's Throughline takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts. From KUNC and the NPR Network, this is In the NoCo, a daily slice of Northern Colorado news and happenings. It's Thursday, November 30th. I'm Erin O'Toole. Hollywood has long depicted Native Americans in the most problematic of ways. American Westerns are some of the biggest offenders. Their portrayals of indigenous people as savages has only deepened the intergenerational trauma Native people face. But these portrayals and the film industry more broadly are changing, at least a little. Killers of the Flower Moon tells the story of a massacre that Osage people in Oklahoma faced in the 1920s. Its lead female character, Lily Gladstone, who plays Molly Burkhart, is Blackfeet and Nez Perce. And her casting is a huge deviation from what we normally see in popular films. A recent analysis by USC Annenberg found that Native women are nearly non-existent in Hollywood movies. Still, representation is but one piece of this, and Osage people who saw the film had mixed reactions. KUNC reporter Emma Vandenide spoke with Osage citizens in Colorado to learn more. She joins us now to share a bit about what she heard. Emma, thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks. It's good to be back. I want to start with a brief overview of the film, which was directed by Martin Scorsese. And we'll do our best here to avoid major spoilers, but I think we need a little context. It's set in 1920s Oklahoma and tells the story of the Reign of Terror. Can you tell me what that was? Yeah, the Reign of Terror was kind of the nickname that the Osage people gave to this event because it was about the mass murder of Osage tribe members. And essentially what happened is these white settlers that came onto their land were trying to obtain their land because it had lots of oil on it and they wanted to sell that oil for money. At that period in time, the Osage tribe members had lots of wealth and they were trying to take advantage of that. So these white men would come in and court these Osage women and would slowly one by one start killing these women so that they could then obtain their rights after death. And no one really knew what was truly happening. You have to remember this is in the 1920s. So some of these murders still haven't been investigated. Wow. So when this movie came out, there was a group of Colorado Osages who gathered together to watch the film's premiere. And you spoke with some of them to find out their response to the film. It sounds like there were mixed reviews. Let's talk about some of the positive responses first. What did you hear from people about it? Yeah, a lot of Osage people were really happy that the film even exists, that there was attention drawn to it. Lots of them were mentioning and saying, you know, Indigenous people are rarely in films, if at all. And so the fact that this was all about Indigenous people was really important. There was one particular scene that caught Osage's attention, and that was the scene where Ernest was trying to close the window of Molly's home because it was storming. You know, to him, there was rain coming in, and he wanted to prevent that rain. But Molly really wanted to hear the storm because this is a moment where she's listening to her ancestors. And Ernest tries to fill the space with talking, and he doesn't really know what to do, and he can't sit still. <laughs> But Molly is just sitting there, meditative, taking it in. 
Tink Tinker is the professor emeritus of the Iliff School of Theology in Denver, and he had a really good comment to say about that. That's deeply, deeply Osage. At that moment, the movie was Indian. And another of the tribal members you spoke with, Jay Kilby Reed, uh, who brought his sons to the screening, what did he have to say? Yeah, he brought his 10 and 14-year-old sons. Uh, For him, you know, he thought it was really important that they understand the history and the stories that he's been telling to his sons since they were born. His 14-year-old, he said, really loved it. And his 10-year-old was pretty captivated. There was one point in the movie where he leaned over to his dad and he's like, is the movie done yet? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> well, it's a three, it's and, three and, a half, and a half hours. Exactly. It's, it's a really, really <laughs> long movie. He actually shared uh, a conversation that he had with his son later that night after they were watching the movie. He's like, I thought the old man did a really good job. And I thought the woman was really good. And I give it a seven out of 10 because the length hurt it. It was too long. That's pretty high praise from a 10-year-old, I would say. Of course, members of indigenous communities had plenty of criticisms about the film, too. While there was praise for the way Scorsese closely consulted members of the Osage Nation, some people say they were disappointed in the film's perspective, right? Yeah, lots of Osage people were disappointed that the story was told from Leonardo DiCaprio's character's point of view instead of from Molly Burkhart's point of view. Uh, Molly Burkhart is Osage in the film. Lots of people, you know, say this is an indigenous story. So indigenous people should be the ones to tell it since it's been passed down generation after generation after generation. And most white people just wanted to write it off. I really liked what Tink Tinker had to say about this specific criticism of the movie. Unfortunately, he's a white man who's working with white money and selling a movie to a largely non-native audience. So he couldn't take the risk of putting the Osages in the center of the stage. And when it comes to the trauma of this historic event, the Reign of Terror, there is some disagreement over whether the violence on screen was too much or whether it makes it seem kind of like an isolated incident. I mean, this wasn't just the twisted plot of a couple of white men. This represents systemic issues of settler colonialism. And it's something that indigenous people are still dealing with in many other ways today. You think about um, the Indian boarding schools where people of religious communities came in and tried to convert them to Christianity. And when these things happened, they were stripped of their cultural rights too. And in a way, they died in that way as well. You know, even though some people from that are still alive today, they still lost some of their culture going through that traumatic incident. Right. Well, among the members of the Colorado Osages you spoke with, what is their main takeaway after seeing the film? It's hard to say. Like you said earlier, there were a lot of mixed reviews. And I think if you asked most of the Osage people I talked with, they would say, yeah, there's some things that Scorsese could have done better. But ultimately, this movie is a catalyst for further learning of their history. You know, there's not many school curriculums that talk about the reign of terror or, you know, it's like a little paragraph mentioned in like a big textbook and it's not really like touched on in a test or anything like that. And so they're hoping that this could potentially be added into like other curriculums, like like in universities, like maybe they play the film in the university and they talk about mm-hmm. it. 
They also are really happy that more indigenous people are coming into the spotlight. I mean, they join alongside a recent surge in indigenous cooks and indigenous artists that are making their way. I mean, they've all they've always existed, but now they're truly making their way into the spotlight and people are paying attention. But at the end of the day, I think the main thing that they want people to take away from this is this cannot happen again. And it's happened in different ways, like I mentioned before, with the Indian boarding school. It's happened many times in the past, and a history like this can't happen again, and we need to learn from our mistakes in order to move forward as a country. Well, I know a lot of us are probably going to be watching this over the holidays with family or re-watching it even. Really appreciate the context around this. Emma Vandenaiti, thank you so much for joining me today. Of course, happy to talk about it. Killers of the Flower Moon is currently streaming on Apple TV+. You can read more of Emma's reporting on the reaction from Colorado Osages at KUNC.org. That's it for us today here on In the NoCo. We'll be back tomorrow with more of what's happening in Northern Colorado. Robin Vincent is our executive producer. I'm your host, Erin O'Toole. We'll see you next time.